Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers The Last Night, Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight, writer and director of Big Night. Hello and welcome to... Hold on. Where's Hannah? Where's where's my, my co-host Hannah to host this standing Stanley Tucci episode? Shh, David! David, I'm, I'm contacting you from a secure line, but... I don't know how long it'll be before they trace this. We we've got to get right, out of here. I gotta tell to you, Hannah. I'm recording this. Brief. This is a this is a this is a podcast. Oh. This is all being tapped. No. I've tapped the Zoom. Damn it! Um, my cover's blown. Right. I've see. I've been working cover, for the CIA and, get... and the FBI, um, <laughs> and I've been playing them against each other. See, it's all part of my master plan yeah. to, uh. I guess dig for oil because that's what bad people do in the nineties. Yes. <laughs> and today. I mean that's what bad people do now. No, I, like you're right. Let's be real. Right, we're talking about the Pelican Brief based on the John Grisham novel <laughs> of the same name, released in nineteen ninety-three, uh, and starring Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington, and the Tooch in a The Tooch. In a he's, somewhat similar role like right to uh, what we talked about last time <laughs> on Undercover Blues, where he was a yeah. an incompetent assassin of sorts named Muerte, uh, playing a sort of stereotypical I... <laughs> role for a country that he has no affiliation with. And in this, he's Middle Eastern assassin Kamel. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's very strange. Um, He's not from a country in the Middle East. He's just, I'm Middle Eastern, man. Scary. I guess, yeah. It's weird how many similarities there are between two movies that are honestly very different. Right. (laughs) Like. It's it's definitely one of those situations where it's like. If I had a nickel for every time that that Stanley Tucci was an incompetent (laughs) assassin in New Orleans. <laughs> um, I'd have two I'd have nickels. Two nickels, weirdly enough. <laughs> it's just not a lot of nickels. It's not a lot of money, but it's it's weird that it happened twice. But it's it's more than you would expect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is sort of the other side of the like spy drama. You know, right. if if last week it was spy the spy comedy. farcical comedy. Yeah. Now we're, you know, prestige drama. Right. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the the story, this is a brief synopsis. Basically, uh, John Grisham imagines what Watergate would be like today with uh, not a political goal in mind for re-election or, or spying on political enemies, but rather a plot to secure a lucrative oil drilling deal uh, by a wealthy capitalist. Um, And so he assassinates two Supreme Court justices right after the other. Ballsy. And then someone, uh, a law student from Tulane uh, in New Orleans, releases a a brief just saying, Hey, here are some of the cases that these two justices agreed on. So if someone were killing them to try and decide a future case in the Supreme Court, here's what their motive might have been. And it's just sort of speculative, mm-hmm. but it makes its way to the FBI, and then people start blowing up because there's a big cover up, and the cover up is worse yeah. than the crime, and there's like a deep throat character in this Darby Shaw who wrote the original brief, um, mm-hmm. so it's it's Watergate but stupid. 
I mean, I guess Watergate was pretty stupid, but like the idea that somebody could predict that their specific environmental case would be heard by the Supreme Court in five years and that there's a chance that a new president would appoint somebody who was pro-environment so they need to kill them now while the president is still in charge and able to appoint them as as anti-environment judges, which of course exist. Like, not that political manipulation doesn't happen. But it's not that, like this. Know, it's it's but it doesn't it's a subtler like sort of form of No, it's yeah. not yeah, a rich guy donated four million dollars to my campaign, so now I have to kill anyone who may have been on the path to discovering his murders. Do, do you know what the, it reminded me a lot of? What? House of Cards. Right. Like, it even has, like, really similar, like, uh, we're the sun rising over Washington as, like, Tucci drives in to, to commit these murders at the beginning of the movie. Um, it's, like, very similar, like, music to the opening of uh of house of cards and i would not be surprised if house of cards drew a lot of inspiration from the pelican brief yeah i mean i'm sure it drew inspiration from a lot of those those thrillers and uh you know, right. a lot of grishamy type things um that being said there's there's none of the like hyper competence that you see in in house of cards here like everyone yeah. is incompetent well... including our our fave, our 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 Stan Stanley Tucci, um, uh, who is well, a somewhat incompetent. Pretty assassin. competent. I don't know. He's pretty competent in the beginning, right? But then he just like gets sniped uh, unceremoniously, yeah. and he makes a lot of like really silly, unnecessary, uh, extra dead bodies around. Yes. Yes, for sure. <laughs> uh, basically, you see him right in like the first scene. He shows up. He's got a, a a beard, a big bushy beard. It's our first instance of of bear Tucci, Tucci the bear. <laughs> he looks good with the beard. He's normally very clean shaven. You know, maybe a little bit of like a stubble. Right. But he pulls the beard off very well. Right. But then the next time we see him, and I was like confused for a second, like, is he playing multiple characters? Because he has no beard, but he has a completely fake-looking, uh, you know, mop on his head, a, a, a hairpiece. Oh, I liked the hairpiece. <laughs> <laughs> at first, I, I almost didn't recognize him, because at this point in his career, you know, he is really receding, yeah. you know, like, we're getting too bald Tucci. Yeah, I was, I was surprised for this whole <clears throat> series how long it's taken to, you know, to even get this bald. I was like, yeah. I was thinking that he would shave it all much earlier, but I guess that's still in the then future. The 90s was good for bald men, I feel like. Mm, you know, yeah. men could bald gracefully in the 90s. I, see. I think we should bring that back. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not, because I do like a shaved tooch. Um, but yeah, so he shaves his beard, and then for one of his murders of these uh, Supreme Court justices, he just sort of sneaks into the house and, like, you know, silent gunshot just shoots two people. So they're not, like, trying to make it yeah. look like an accident or anything. No. And then for the second one, they sneak into uh, a porno theater, a gay porn theater, where the Supreme Court Justice is enjoying uh, a selection of gay porn. 
we have to talk about this scene because so Tucci strangles him with like a thick like rope that he was using as a belt. Yeah. But the movie just I think to build tension, you know, just focuses on his hands and his lap with the popcorn bowl at first, and he slowly eats some popcorn, <laughs> and then he puts the popcorn aside, yeah. and then he slowly and sensuously starts undoing right, his belt, like, and I'm like, are we about to watch Tucci jerk off, right. like, after committing a, a murder? No, he's... In porno com- theater. I mean, whatever, gay porno, but, like... <laughs> Like, what is happening? Oh, no, he's committing another murder. Okay, okay. Um, um, yes. So, and he's got this porno stash, which... He does. I guess it's a fake mustache because, he, you know, it doesn't go beard and then mustache and then full shaven. It goes beard, full shaven, then mustache. Uh, yeah. So it's a fake stash that he wears to look more like a gay, gay man in the 90s, which, fair. I mean, fair. <laughs> I mean, even today, fair. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, he, it's just, he's serving up looks for this one. Uh, it's so many. Like, watch the first, like, 20 minutes of this movie just for the Tucci looks. You know, <laughs> it's it's incredible. Right. And then, of course, he uh, ends also, with the most iconic look of all because he has tapped someone's phone and they've given a description of themselves to, uh, to meet with this Darby Shaw deep throat character. Um, who he's tasked with killing. Right, who he's supposed to kill her, but she's going to meet with this FBI agent that she's talked to over the phone, and the FBI agent says, all right, I'll be wearing a red hat and a button-down shirt, and I weigh this many pounds. It was like a, And I'm this tall. Yeah, it was like 180 pounds, and and uh, I'm this tall. He says 5'10", five, five though, and Tucci is so not 5'10". He's 5'8". Eight, I believe. Let me let me double check. I wrote it down. I swear I wrote it down. Yes, Tucci is five eight, uh, and he describes himself as five ten. I believe he could wear like lifts or stuff his shoes or something to the point where you wouldn't I be guess. able to tell the difference between five eight and five ten. I fair enough. Tucci just seems enough. short compared to like Hollywood people because they're always tall, you know. They're tall. Um, but Guess. yeah. Is Julia Roberts tall? Because she looks like almost his height. In Julia Roberts is tall. Movie. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, so he's, he stuffs his shirt with a pillow and you described him as looking a little bit like Buster Bluth. Uh, oh yeah, he does. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just this kind of like pot bellied, but otherwise muscular and skinny, like, guy he's just wearing like... glasses and a red baseball cap and like just completely stone-faced he's just very dopey looking yeah. in this getup. and then uh... he, he practices his line in the mirror to sound like the guy's like i weigh 180 pounds i weigh 180 pounds like he's doing like a silly impersonation of this fbi director who she's only met over the phone once right it's it's not great, but you know, again, she's only talked to him on the phone once, so it's enough to pass. And she like buys it for a long right. time. She's like, oh shit, he just got assassinated next to me, and he works for the FBI. Right. Nowhere well, don't safe. don't skip over this. So you think <laughs> that he's going to actually get her for a second? He's he's got the gun yeah. in his pocket. He's holding hands with uh, with Julia. And he, yeah. he pulls the gun out. It's under his shirt. He's going to pull the trigger. And then it cuts away and you hear a gunshot. 
But then you see him fall over and you see blood splatter on uh, Julia Roberts. And so he was, I guess, just like blasted in the back of the head by a sniper. Yeah. And you don't find out until the end of the movie. But apparently, like, that killing was just unrelated to the whole scheme. <laughs> it was just the CIA, like, trying to protect Darby <laughs> because they were op- opposed yeah. to the president for whatever reason. And I guess, like, the moral of the story is, like, always trust the CIA because the FBI, they're a bunch of fucking feds. <laughs> yeah it's 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 so strange it spooks over feds here i guess (laughs) i mean tooch is in a movie with denzel and julia roberts like like damn these are big names he's playing a serious role you know and like this had staying power too of all the movies that we've seen this is the first one where you know you could reliably say the title of it to you know a random bastard by the street and be like hey yeah yeah pelican brief 90s you know grisham and they'd be like yeah yeah i kind of remember that you know like like this was the the girl with the dragon tattoo of the 90s you know yeah it was humorously referenced in an episode of 30 rock which is all of my reference (laughs) uh pool so yeah the joke is like yeah that it's a, a movie that people would have heard of but not one that you would like immediately go to in terms of political right. thrillers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it And, you know, like, it, it tries its best to make some salient points and to, you know... Like, its politics are just very confusing because its politics are honestly secondary to, like... I don't think this movie is trying to say anything, Hannah. I think this is literally, like... Well, this is one of, like, my favorite kinds of movies in that it's, like, the premise is purely, like, hey, what if Deep Throat and Woodward and Bernstein had, like, a little romance going? <laughs> <laughs> what if it was, like, a tawdry romance while they're on the run? Oh, my God. So, like, God. there's no, like, commentary there, because... You know, the story, ultimately, once you take all that out, it's just, like, a more environmentally and more capitalist-focused Watergate. You know, yes, there's corruption in the White House. They can't be trusted. They're spying on each other. They're paranoid. People die in mysterious circumstances, and you need to believe victims or whatever. You know, like, it's all the same Mm -hmm. things that go along with Watergate. And, oh, yeah, like, the the reporter who's got to fight this story... Because John Lithgow is going to tell him, you better get off this story. John Lithgow is absolutely the whomst we also. I, I love John me. Lithgow very much. Uh, oh I actually met him once when I was like three because he actually does children's music concerts. And uh, he oh actually knows God. our grandfather. <laughs> did I know this? I don't know if you know this, but he, you know, our grandfather did a lot of theater uh, in, uh, uh-huh. in Jersey back in the day, and Lithgow worked with him in, I think, an off-Broadway type of uh, All right. thing. Anyway, met met the guy. That's lovely, lovely human being, as incredible. far as I know. Whomst we also. <laughs> yeah, love uh, Lord Farquaad, love Third oh Rock from the God. Sun, uh, just, just <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons. He's, he's fucking... 
out of this world. He's just delightful. He's a character. He he plays, you know, the uh, the newspaper chief, yeah. the Washington Herald. Which, those characters um, I always love. I, in House of Cards, yeah. that's, like, one of my favorite characters, is, like, the, the mm-hmm. guy who sends Zoe Barnes out on assignments, and he's, like, a dick, <laughs> but he, like, you know, he respects the, the news, you know? So even right. though he's, like jaded after all these years of having cover-ups and you know you gotta have your source you gotta you know he's like a he's like a police chief in like um like a lethal weapon type movie but yeah for sure it's because it's the news it's more cool than cops uh that's my take (laughs) on that type of character i like it i like it um any other uh important side characters or actors that you noticed what about Cynthia Nixon as uh, as Julia Roberts' friend from college? Oh, is that who that was? Yeah, from uh, from Sex and the City, or you may know her yeah. from running against Andrew Cuomo in the gubernatorial election uh, recently for New York. <laughs> I don't even know, man. Did not recognize her at all. I saw her name in the credits, but then, I, like, my mind blanked on yep. looking for her. It's 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 a it's a long movie. I don't even know if I would call it fun. Like, it, this is like too long. Yeah, I think there's a lot of beats that they hit too many times. I think that comes from it being like an adaptation of a novel. You know, there's just so yeah. many beats of just like. Oh, there's people chasing after them. They gotta lose them in a crowd, uh, lose them in a parade in New Orleans, uh, right. which also happened in Undercover Blues. <laughs> yes, there's Another so similarity. many. Oh my gosh. Um, and then, of course, the big climax takes place in a parking garage, which is another homage to uh, to Watergate and Deep Throat. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's a hilarious sort of ending where they planted a bomb in Denzel's car and then he realized that it was a bomb and then they ran from the car. Uh, uh, Julia Roberts realized it was the bomb because the car was stuttering to turn off Correct. just like it had with her uh, her other lover who was assassinated by a car bomb. I, I appreciate the correction. So... <laughs> Rather, th- yeah, they they both run from the car though, and then they're being chased around the parking garage by a bunch of people with guns. And then the last guy <laughs> is like in a car, and he's like driving after them, and ends up crashing into the very car that they rigged to explode, and it explodes, yeah. killing him. Yeah, <laughs> it's very cartoony for like a movie that in general is like it's cartoony, trying its best to be. I yeah, but it doesn't take itself cartoony you know like it takes itself very seriously except there is like one so the music is like fine for the most part it definitely gets over dramatic but like there is one moment where julia roberts is like going to get uh like some evidence from a security deposit uh box in a bank and like like someone died onto a piano but it's like it's, it's just, like, awful editing. I had to listen to it several times, and I actually had our editor uh, take a listen to it. Uh, and he was just like, oh, yeah, no, that's just, like, a stock footage, like, a stock noise, basically. Oh. And it sounds like someone, like, clipped it. Like, oh. they were, like, inserting it into a skirt, the score. Um <laughs> It's just, it's so bad. Okay. I thought it was it, just part of the score. It's absolutely jarring. 
It, I mean, it might be, but it really sounds like it was edited in there. Okay. Um, sounds terrible. Right. So it, it's the 90s. Of course, all the evidence is on a VHS tape in a lockbox. Yes. Because these are things yes. that mattered back then. If it was made today, there'd be a flash drive. Though, I mean, I also cannot believe like how easy it was for Julia Roberts to just like impersonate this woman. Well, the whole movie is just them impersonating people over and over again. And it would have been really difficult to, because remember, she had to sort of say the social security number of the dead guy, which like, it's totally reasonable. Like, do you know Logan's social security number? Also, please, please say it right now into the camera. (laughs) Logan's social security number is, uh, no, I, I don't have it memorized. I should, but, but she, she clearly reads it off of something, which like, that's fine. Okay. Um, you know, but at no point do they ask her for ID. (laughs) And I feel like that's just like standard basic stuff. You know, they're like, okay, Mrs. Whatever the fuck your name is. Can I see some ID? Right. Never happens. They're just like, oh, what's the ID number? Yeah. Where do you but live? But as far what's as like number? artificially lengthening the plot, like, you know, there's a part where they're trying to find this like lawyer who was a source, uh, you know, an anonymous yeah. source for uh, for Denzel. Oh my gosh. And the hoops uh, they jump through. <laughs> and they like, they have to like find out which firm he works for and they have to go to a hospital where there's a former person who clerked for him to then you know tell him whether the the person's name matches the picture like this is all this nonsense where they could have just been like oh yeah that's i know him he's part of this law firm (laughs) you know from a writing perspective i'm just saying like it's a lot of just minutia uh that isn't very tense or or stressful uh yeah it's it's frustrating yeah. But I wouldn't call it tense. Yeah. I, I don't want to understate how much I love Denzel. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I could see myself doing a whole standing Denzel Washington podcast. Is he is he our, our other whomst we all I have to give credit to him because I, I love him he even when he's job. like just in like a dumb train movie where a train's going to crash or, you know... <laughs> Where he's, like, a side character in, like, someone else's story. Or whether he's directing himself doing, like, Fences or whatever. Like, I absolutely (laughs) adore Denzel Washington as an actor in all things that he does. He's a superstar. Yeah, for sure. Um, And Tucci gets to bask in some of that glory. I think so. Though he's never actually on screen with Denzel. No, only only with Julia. But, like, still some glory. Yeah. I mean, she's a very talented actress as well. Yep. Anything else to say about uh, the Pelican Brief? I don't know. Watch it with your mom. Your mom will probably like right. it. Or will at least not be like, able to comment Not like your mom on, specifically, uh... David. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or at least they'll be able to like comment on uh, you know, how similar it is to Watergate and how they remember <laughs> Watergate. <Yeah. laughs> um, but, but, oh, did we ever explain why it's called the Pelican Brief? It's just because the environmental law that uh, they wanted a court decision on involved an aviary reserve where there was an endangered estuary. brown... Estuary. Yeah, an endangered an brown pelican lived there. Uh, so it's a yeah. Pelican Brief. It's weird that it gets this nickname. It doesn't <laughs> make a ton of sense. It's just an intriguing I... title. 
Um, yeah. All right, do you got, you want to do a quick Tucci news to wrap us up, and then we'll uh, do, do, we'll do, 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 do. Tucci news. So uh, we we like to keep uh, abreast of all of Stanley Tucci's business ventures, as well as his you know shows and uh, and movies that he books. So most recently, Stanley Tucci has partnered with Tanqueray Gin, um, sort of following on the popularity of his Negroni video and sort of capitalizing on that. So, which I think good for him as a you know as a good businessman uh, to <laughs> to capitalize on a meme. He's got a lot of kids to support. Um, so let's can we read the uh, the press clipping from uh, Alice Brooker at thespiritsbusiness.com? Yes, thank you, Alice Brooker. The global partnership between The Devil Wears Prada star and Tanqueray Number no. 10 was revealed in a live stream from the partnership's virtual bar called Tucci and Number no. 10, open for orders. <laughs> right. It's got to be a live stream because he's still stuck inside for COVID because it's the UK. Yeah. Tucci and a yep. team of bartenders uh, crafted a Tanqueray cocktail together before shipping the concoction to 100 fans. Can you imagine being one of the hundred fans to receive a cocktail in the mail sounds awful i'm gonna drink this dusty old amazon uh amazon shot (laughs) (laughs) um i would do it i would get i would get uh stanley tucci mail delivery tanqueray (laughs) I'm a big fan of great tasting of a great tasting cocktail using the expertise of the amazing bartenders across the world and bringing that to life in your own living room, Tucci said. I can't wait to show how people can experience the finest cocktails when they take a fresh approach to their gin choice with Tanqueray number no. 10. Oh, pure shill, but I love it. <laughs> but he shills for the best. I mean, everybody who gets gin knows that Tanqueray is actually pretty good. I'm not a gin fan, so I wouldn't. No, know. me neither. But my brother has <laughs> has some gin for his his okay. drinks. Um, Tucci mm, received mm. an impressive reaction from Instagram audiences uh, over lockdown after posting a number of behind the scenes cocktail making videos filmed at home. Uh, the serves he created for fans included a Rob Roy, old fashioned Negroni, and Scotch sour, as well as many others. So these are all like very basic drinks Classic. that like anyone should know if they're like trying to learn. Yeah. To mix, to to mix drinks, but he's got to have the Negroni, right? His claim to fame. Tucci's signature cocktail is a grapefruit martini, which combines Tanqueray Number no. Ten, pink grapefruit juice, and honey. So yeah, I think Ooh, that sounds incredible, <laughs> and I'm gonna have to try that. It makes perfect sense," said Pedro Mendonca, managing director for Diageo's global reserve portfolio. A globally iconic gin like Tanqueray Number no. 10, partnering with Hollywood's favorite aspiring bartender and martini connoisseur, bring a fresh and elevated approach to the gin cocktail experience. We're excited to launch the partnership and look forward to bringing it to life. Great. In celebration of the partnership, Tanqueray Number no. 10 is supporting the wider hospitality industry with a pledge to the Drinks Trust to help those struggling in the sector. Oh, thank you, Tanqueray Number no. 10. <laughs> Truly the humanitarian aid we need. Uh, earlier this year, they did a partnership with Joe Jonas. Right. So, but this one's way better. It's all about market segmentation, guys. If you don't understand how this yeah. works, basically they say we need young people to drink gin. We need old people to drink gin. We need straight girls to drink gin. And we need gay men to drink gin. <laughs> 
So, so we get Joe, Joe Jonas, and we get Stanley Tucci. Yes. Stanley Tucci is for the older gay men, but that's fine. And the younger gay men, let's be real. Okay, fair enough. Um, He's a daddy. So I think I think that's a great uh, business opportunity for, for the Tooch. Not that he needs, like, a ton more money. He's he's swimming in it. But uh, Yeah, he's fine. But listen, you know, we, just, we have to support him in all that he does, including playing awkward Middle Eastern stereotypes and uh, yeah. getting into shilling... Shilling for uh, for particular brands of gin. It's it's the struggle of that stan life, you yeah. know. Um, canceled one week, back the next. That's, <laughs> that's just how it goes. Right. I just like that he's he's Middle Eastern, but they never say what country he's from, and they just say he's being funded by terrorist funding places. Yeah. <laughs> and his but name also, is Kamel. Like, his name is Kamel. Can- Camel. It's Camel. His name is Camel. His name is really, Camel. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, but we love you, Tooch, and and salute the fact that you are truly moving up in the movie ranks. You know, you are right. no longer just playing the Italian mobster. You're now playing other ethnicities. <laughs> right, of criminals. So, but pretty soon he's gonna be it. he's gonna be a hero. I just know it. Um, just know. All it. right. Next time. <laughs> We're doing Mrs. Parker and the Vicious Circle, uh, which is, I, I have no idea what that is. I'm excited to learn about it. Um, but I know <laughs> that he works with Campbell Scott, which is one of his yeah. very close personal friends uh, that he grew up with. Um, so, yeah. Let's, we'll check it out next time on Standing Stanley Tucci. Yeah.